From the studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast. If this happens to be your very first visit, and especially warm welcome for you, for the next 30 or 40 minutes, and maybe a little bit longer today, because the interview we have, we're going to talk about cannabis. I've got some interesting stories about cannabis that I'm sure are going to interest you, but let me remind you, this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction, and is intended purely for entertainment and perhaps educational purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. In this episode, a conversation with Chuck Park, the GM for Future Harvest Nutrients. They're a Kelowna-based company that's gone worldwide with their nutrients, growing some incredible cannabis all around the world. I've been hoping there might be something like this coming. A new cannabis restaurant has opened in Edmonton. It is still illegal to grow your four cannabis plants in Manitoba. On Cultivar Corner, we're going to take a look at a new pod vaping system from General Emission. They're bringing to Canada the Blinker System, and we'll have a taste of their tiger blood. All of that and more on episode 135 of the Cannabis Podcast. And before we get started, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. I always appreciate it when I hear from listeners and hear how the podcast is having an impact for them. It, it's having some effect. That, that really makes me feel good. When I started this podcast, the goal was simple. Share my passion for cannabis as I explore relevant stories and experiences that bring out the wonders of the cannabis plant and its impact on humans. I hadn't thought that others would find it educational and inspiring, but I'm really glad that some have. Case in point, here's a message I got on LinkedIn last week. Good evening, Mr. Johnston. First of all, anybody who refers to me as Mr. Johnston gets, gets double points. <laughs> I have been a listener of your podcast for some time now, and you really inspired me to educate myself more about the plant and eventually getting a job on the production side of cannabis. So thank you. I can't wait to listen to the next episode. And that was from Cynthia Slater. And Cynthia, thank you. I really appreciate the fact that you contact me. I appreciate the fact that you're a listener. Thanks for the contact. Thanks for being a listener. And best of luck on the new job. And now let's get to our first story. This is from Edmonton or from citynews.ca. And a cannabis restaurant opens in downtown Edmonton. A restaurant offering cannabis-infused products is opening its doors to customers. The restaurant in downtown Edmonton called CBD CBN is a dream come true for co-owners Stacy Misson and James Mulholland. Patrons can enjoy a night out while learning about cannabis-infused food and mocktails. Really, our main focus is not necessarily in getting people intoxicated, but showing people the flavors of the plants and everything it can be, said Mulholland, who's also the bartender. The entrepreneurs are the first business of their kind to receive a Health Canada license, allowing them to research the impacts of cannabis. With the research license, we get to show what you can do with cannabis, more than just smoking it, said Misson, the restaurant chef. We've been working to get this space up and running for a few months. The co-owners say great strides have been made over the last five years since recreational marijuana use was legalized in Canada, October 17, 2018, just over five years ago. When legalization happened, people were concerned about DUIs going up, crime going up, people just being stoned, zombies going through the streets, and... It hasn't been that, said Mulholland. Misson says education and providing Edmontonians with a safe place to try cannabis is important. She adds more needs to be done to show what these types of businesses can do for the economy. 
She feels the city's proposed zoning bylaws changes, which would make room for cannabis lounges or cafes in the event the province or federal government changes legislation, will help pave the way for more businesses like CBD-CBN. And by the way, the acronym CBD-CBN stands for Catering by Day, Catering by Night. And of course, as a cannabis business, CBD and CBN just make a whole lot of sense. City Councillor Michael Jans wants to see Edmonton become a pot tourism destination in Canada and a leader in cannabis business opportunities and innovation. It's all of the steps of the legislature, said Jans. It's all up to Premier Smith and the government. If they want to be open for business on cannabis, they can make regulatory changes tomorrow that would allow kitchens like this, cafes, restaurants, massage therapists who want to experiment with THC or CBD or whatever to do that. Misson believes the opening of CBD-CBN is a huge step in the right direction. It allows for education, she said. It allows for conversations. It allows a place for people to gather, have the conversations that haven't been happening so we can keep moving forward and show the rest of the world as more of the world becomes legal that this is what we can be doing and this is the way forward. And that is one of the stories that makes me the happiest out of anything I have read in the last five years. <laughs> the fact that we have gotten to that stage and now Health Canada has a research license so that people can open cafes and do some experimenting like that, that is fabulous. I was just in Edmonton. I wish this had been open when I was there. I would have gone there. <laughs> I may have to go back. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Future Harvest Nutrient is a Kelowna company that specializes in nutrients to grow better cannabis. They've been in business for over 20 years. But hey, cannabis has only been legal for five years. That's an interesting part of the story. Let me introduce you to Chuck Park. He is the general manager of Future Harvest, and he knows a thing or two about growing some fine cannabis. We pick up the conversation as I welcome Chuck to the Cannabis Podcast. To join me in that conversation is the General Manager of Future Harvest Developments, Mr. Chuck Park. Chuck, welcome to the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for having me, Gary. I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to sit down and, and talk about it. So before we get into Future Harvest, why don't you give me a sense, Chuck, of uh, what your um, cannabis heritage is? How did you get started and, and when did that occur? So I've, uh, I used to be a designated grower under the ACMPR uh, medical licenses. Uh, I've probably been growing for about four years. Since then, I transitioned over to nutrients. Um, I, got, I landed a job at Future Harvest uh, as a marketing manager because I have a background in marketing as well and uh, was a marketing manager for about a year before I got promoted to general manager. And that's only because our founder and owner, Byron Shepard, he wanted to kind of take a step back and uh, start to transition over to retirement. And uh, he gave me the reins to the company. Nice. That must have made you feel real good. Yeah. Like he pretty much just gave me the keys to the kingdom it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice. And and you, you gave me a sneak peek. Uh, he is not in Canada at the moment, is he? No, no. He's uh, enjoying the good life in Costa Rica, basking in the sun. <laughs> Lovely that he's had the opportunity to do that after all of his hard work. So when did you first get involved with uh, Future Harvest there, Chuck? Back in 2018, I joined the company. And, uh, you know, at that time, this company was very um, old school, I would say. Um, You know, they did nothing to do with digital marketing. Um, They were really heavily into print media. So me as a marketing manager, um, I just wanted to kind of revamp our structure here. 
And uh, that's kind of what I did. I stopped doing print media and just went straight on into social media, influence marketing, digital marketing, SEO. So we're really heavily into that now. One thing I was curious about, because the, the company's been going for a quarter century and cannabis has been legal for five years. So there's about 20 years in the front side of that <laughs> where there was obviously some, some interest in cannabis. What, and now I realize that you weren't there, Chuck, but can you give me a sense of what it was like for the company in the early days prior to legalization? So in the early days, obviously, we had to market towards lawn and garden, you know, growing vegetables, tomatoes and stuff like that. And for the longest time, you know, that's to the public's eyes. That was us. But, you know, in the back, back, you know, the back door, we would be marketing towards cannabis as well to the kind of black market growers. And they kind of they kind of knew and word spread rapidly that this this was a cannabis brand. But, you know, it, we just couldn't market it. And obviously, once legalization happened, then we could spread our wings and tell everyone, the whole community that, yes, we were doing this for a long time. Our formulations have been tweaked for cannabis. And, you know, now it's just it's we have no restrictions on our marketing. So I was going to read a bit of your About Us page to give everybody a sense of, of where you are today. So Cannabis Focus, a nutrient company solely focused on cannabis. Cannabis-specific R&D, all research and development is done on cannabis plants. And actually, let me stop right there, Chuck. Give me a sense of some of the R&D that you're doing. So we have, we partner with uh, some of our LPs. Um, I cannot disclose who our LPs are uh, just because that's that's what their wishes. They, they want us, yeah. Uh, we also have uh, a lot of really good uh, ACMPR growers that will um, test certain different uh, formulations for us. Um, some new products they will, um, you know, test out for us. And uh, we, we kind of tell them that in order to do a true scientific test, you know, everything has to be all consistent. I'm not going to get into what an actual scientific test is like, but, you know, we, we try and do it as best as possible. Now, nothing... We haven't done anything that would go into a journal article per se, but uh, we we are heavily focused on R and D here. So, give me a sense of, of the product, Future Harvest, the 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 nutrients. Where do they come from? Where where did the idea come from? And give us a sense of what's being used. So, um, you know, we we pretty much formulated uh, the liquid line a long time ago. It was, uh, I believe, a Dutch formulation that that uh, we kind of mimicked and tweaked around a bit. Actually, I believe it's Holland. That's why it's our, our liquid line is called Holland Secret. So it started off with that. So that was our original line. And then we kind of branched off to a powdered line called Easy Grow, Easy Bloom. And that's because we saw a need for the beginner grower. Like, our full liquid line, I think it has like 12 products. And it, 12 products can be very, you know, confusing for the new grower. So that's why we formulated the Easy Grow Easy Bloom, which is a one part powder that's got all your 12 macro and micronutrients that the plant needs to survive. And it's just stupidly easy, right? <laughs> we like stupidly easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, we do have three different lines. So like I mentioned, we do have the one part easy grow, easy bloom for the beginner. Our full liquid line, we like to brand it for the hobbyist, for the cannabis connoisseur that wants to tweak their formulation and grow the best of the best, 
right? So you can you can use all these different bottles, whether you want to foliar spray it, you know, you can you can change your ratios of nutrients, however you'd like, you got a lot of, um, you know, you can you can tweak your formulation to how you want it. And that's, that's why the liquid line is there for someone that wants to grow the best of the best. Now, the third line that we came out with, we just recently came out with our new commercial powder line. Now, we branded this as the best of both worlds. So you get the simplicity, kind of like our one part easy grow, easy bloom. But then you also get the flexibility like our three part liquid line called Holland Secret. So it, it is for commercial growing that uh, people that wants to scale up, you know, like when when you're a big LP, you have a lot of workers, right? And sometimes the best thing to do is to simplify your nutrient regimen. And right. And that's why a lot of these growers want to go with a, a two part powdered line. And is most of your clientele, Chuck, in the uh, indoor um, hydroponic grow sense? Are you, are you doing much with people who are growing outdoors? We do have outdoor LPs as well. Um, we we just landed a contract uh, a couple years ago, but uh, I believe they went out of business because outdoor grows, in my opinion, are it's 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 not good quality. You cannot grow good quality weed outdoors because there's so many different factors. And, uh, but in a sense, yes, you can use our, our nutrients for outdoor growing, but are you still going to, are you going to be getting the same product as an indoor? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So, so I'm curious. So then based on our conversation so far, our future harvest, uh, development is m- not necessarily for those who are doing home grow more on the commercial side. Is it, is it that a scale issue? No, that's why we have these three different lines. So each of these, each of these lines will target a specific grower, right? Whether you're a beginner, you're a hobbyist or commercial, we have three different lines for everyone. And there are, you know, it's, it's formulated. It's there's, there's good pros and, you know, for using this line for a specific purpose. And for the, the bigger growers, um, you support the Dosatron line as well? Uh, it's called Dosaline. So the reason why we called it that it's kind of a play on words so dos Spanish means two because it's a two-part fertilizer. Dosa meaning it it goes hand in hand with dosatrons. So the dosatron is um, your injection system, your delivery system, yeah. your delivery system, right? It is a line, so obviously dosa line. And then there's also the word saline in there, which is salt water. So it's so there's a lot of good meanings to that name, and uh, it's it's been going great. Like we've been we've been getting a lot of hype from this line right now, and uh, we have um, about five LPs using it right now. Amazing results, and they they just absolutely love the simplicity of it, and kind of how unique it is as well. There's two really good unique things about this line compared to other powdered lines is because a lot of other powder lines, their powders is called a prill, which is kind of, it kind of, it's kind of like a small pebble. And obviously, when you're trying to mix in a small pebble size granular, it's going to take you much longer, you might want to heat up your water just to get it into solution. Ours is finely milled into a fine powder, meaning that it's going to really reduce your your mixing times. And it does mix in in cold water which is a game changer for some facilities. Yeah, I bet it would be. 
Now, the second unique thing about this line is uh, we added fulvic acid to two of the bags. And we believe the reason why we did that is we believe that fulvic acid is probably the best supplement that you can add to your formula, to your recipe. Okay. And what's the advantage of adding that supplement? So fulvic acid, it's a chelator, meaning that it uh, binds onto nutrients and will help um, the plant consume it faster and, and better. So in a sense for a human, it's like a digestive aid. So, you know, if, if you want to eat more, you, I'm sure there's some supplements that humans can take to make you eat more. <laughs> right? it's, yeah, I'm it's, sure there are. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are. So what's your advice, Chuck, for uh, a new grower coming in, wants to take a look at some of your nutrients? Uh, what do you propose as the best approach for somebody that, who's just coming into it new? Uh, what's your advice to them? So... The thing is with someone that wants to start growing cannabis, they have to succeed. They have to have that feeling of growing, you know, a good product on their first grow or else they might just quit. They'd be like, oh, this is not for me. So that is a trick. So we want to help that first time grower succeed on his first grow. And in order to do that, we always recommend going with the easy grow, easy bloom, one part powder. Because it makes it stupidly easy. You know, you just mix one teaspoon per gallon of the easy grow during the vegetative stage. And then once you get to the flowering stage, you just mix one teaspoon per gallon of the easy bloom. It can vary, you know, one to two teaspoons, but it's it, it's pH buffered. So if you're using pretty, pretty decent water, it's going to get you in that right pH range that the plant likes. Tell me some success stories you've had, Chuck, some of the people that uh, you've worked with over the years. Um, and and well, I know like, you, you already said that you can't tell me any of the LPs, so let's not put any names on it. But I guess I'm, I'm thinking of somebody who's doing it from a, from a personal perspective and has had some real success with, with using your products. So I would tell all the listeners, if you want to see some really good success stories that is uh, that you can visually see as well, Check out our Instagram, future at Future Harvest Development on uh, Instagram. We like to share all of our all of our uh, customers' grows on there. Whoever oh, likes nice. to, yeah. So if you if you want to see the proof in the pudding, I would highly recommend to follow our Instagram. So some of the other things you pay attention to, you're collaborating with licensed producers to tailor the nutrients for commercial cannabis use. One micron filtration. What does that mean? So our liquid nutrients, we promote them as sediment free because there's a lot of liquid lines out there when you look on the bottom of the jug you might see a little bit of sediment sediment basically means it's fallout fallout of nutrients and that means it's not available to the plant so since we filter it to one micron meaning that one micron is how big the particle size is so we filter it we it goes the liquid goes through five different filters and the last filter is a one micron filter and meaning that your whole jug of nutrients is all going to be liquid meaning that you're going to get the best bang for the buck there's not going to be any waste on the bottom that you cannot use yeah one micron is pretty small <laughs> yes yes for sure and you're not just in the okanagan you're you're worldwide as well are you not chuck so our headquarters is uh in Kelowna, british columbia um we do a lot of business in the united kingdom and obviously Canada. Um, you can find some of our products in Canadian Tire as well. So our Easy Grow, Easy Bloom and our 
three-part Holland Secret liquids. You'll see them all across Canadian tires. We do quite a bit of business in the United States. We don't, we only have one distributor in the United States now. We used to have two, but uh, the United States is a, it's a bit harder of a market to get into due to uh, licensing issues, registration issues. And so with your, um, the, the small line that you talked about for somebody who's growing their four plants, uh, ideally uh, good for them to get started and, and carry the plants right from, from seed all the way to harvest. Uh, any particular recommendations in, in timing of how those should be applied to somebody who's coming into the grow? Yes. So as a rule of thumb, for a beginner grower, we always tell them um, to follow a f- what's called a feed-feed-flush rotation, meaning that uh, when your plant is ready to get watered, when, when the soil feels dry, that's, it's the time to water. So you have to decide, am I going to do a feed or am I going to do a flush? So a feed is with nutrients and a flush is just pH balanced water. So it's nice to do a flush once a week just to kind of reset the soil. Um, if you, you might have some sort of buildup of nutrients in the soil. So when you do that flush, it kind of just flushes it all out and then you can restart. Um, so yeah, usually you can get two feeds in within a week without burning the plants. Now the burning of the plants, meaning uh, tip burn on the leaves. So when you start to see a bit of tip burn on the leaves, discoloration, uh, more than likely you're pushing your nutrient levels too high. And in that case, you should probably uh, do a flush and then take a step back. Alternatively, if your leaves are looking kind of that lighter green color, that that usually indicates that they're not getting enough nutrients. They probably, yeah, they probably want more. So I always tell the beginner growers, just look at that and you can kind of gauge whether you should be feeding more or whether you should be cutting it back. But most of the time, our beginner growers, when they follow this feed, feed, flush rotation, uh, they're, they're getting really good results in the end. And anything else that they need to worry about while that grow is going on? Any, any bud rot, any mold, or any of those kind of things that, that you can offer some advice for? Well, I would first tell them to check out our grow guide on our website. So if you go to the download section at futureharvest.com, we do have a grow guide that was only used with Easy Grow, Easy Bloom in a, in a tent, tent setup. And uh, we, we explain this way of growing in a very basic, very simple way of um, learning. Like we're, we don't use any big words. It's, <laughs> yeah. So I would, first I would recommend to go there. As long as you have a little small grow tent, um, you have got some soil, you got a watering can, you got some plastic pots, and obviously your Easy Grow, Easy Bloom, that, that should really be enough to, uh, to start growing. So what's your advice, Chuck, to those who want to get into growing their own cannabis? They're going to do it indoors. Uh, they want to use some of your nutrients. Uh, what kind of a setup do they need to get started? So I would just get either like a 2 by 4 or 4 by 4 tent. Um, you can find very inexpensive ones these days. Um, like a lot, of, a lot of people are importing them from China. So you, you can find some for like 50 to $80. Um, the, the only thing I would make sure of is that they're, they don't have any light leaks because you don't want light to kind of get into that tent or else, yeah, you're going to run into a lot of issues there. 
So, of course, a tent. If you care about the smell, you gonna you might need to get some sort of filtration, like a like an intake with a filter. Obviously, lights. So I would for for your home grower, I would recommend to go with LED. More and more going the LED route these days, are they not? Yes, yeah. You, it's it's a bit more efficient. You know, it creates less heat. They obviously last a lot longer than than other than other types of lighting systems. So yeah, I would definitely go with LED. And beginner growers, I always recommend to go with to grow in soil. Soil is a lot more forgiving. If you were to make any mistakes, that's because you know there's there's ingredients such as like dolomite lime mixed in there, which will kind of like help um, adjust the pH in your in your soil. Soil it retains water a lot better than other um, airy mediums, soilless mediums. So I would definitely recommend just start off with soil as a beginner. It's readily available everywhere. It's fairly cheap. You can probably grab some from your backyard. <laughs> that's, that's that's what we use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then if you have a watering jug and some Easy Grow Easy Bloom, I. Uh, think that's all you would need away you go yeah well excellent you've shared a lot of information with me chuck i really appreciate it and i think a lot of people will find some interest in in the nutrients that future harvest is bringing to the market Uh, any final words for people to either about the company or or where you guys are going in the future do you have any future plans that you want to share um yeah i would i would check out our new additive products so we've come out with two new pretty much what we call all-in-one powder, all-in-one additive powders. Now, there's a lot of brands are scared to do this because everyone has all their separate additives as uh, as like a separate bottle. And we were we were kind of scared to bring out these products too because it's obviously going to kill our sales in our liquid additives. So, you know, we just bite the bullet. We're just like, okay, we want to be innovative. We want to make it easier for the grower. So that's why we came out with our first product. It's called Surge Plus. It is a seven-in-one additive. It's got um, stuff like amino acids, carbohydrates, uh, humic acid, fulvic acid, molasses, uh, vitamin B1, sea kelp. It's got all that packed into one super concentrated uh, formulation. It really complements the Easy Grow, Easy Bloom products. Because then, because then uh, you can get all the additives in just one product. We have that Surge Plus. Now, this Surge Plus only is suitable in soil and cocoa, uh, because there are some ingredients that um, are a bit thicker and that they only work well in soil. So that's why we came out with a different version called Surge Pro, which goes in the it's it's in our Dosaline line, our commercial line. And this is also a seven-in-one additive, but we formulated the Surge Pro to work well in um, fertigation systems, irrigation lines, drip systems, just to make sure that uh, there's no clogging in those systems. Wonderful. Well, you've given me an education, Chuck, and uh, you've reignited my excitement for growing cannabis and uh, taking a peek at what we can do in the future. Really happy with what you guys are doing. Any final words you want to share with the king on future harvest nutrients and, and where you guys are going in the future? Uh, just look look out for more innovation from uh, future harvest. We're just going to keep pumping out new and exciting products.
Very cool. And, and glad to, to be able to share the news with everybody about that. Thanks so much for sharing some time with me today, Chuck. You enjoy the rest of your day. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Gary. Our next story is from Stratcan.com. A Manitoba judge has upheld Manitoba's ban on people growing their own cannabis. In a ruling posted on Friday, October 13th, a Manitoba judge dismissed an application by a resident who was challenging the legality of Manitoba's ban on people growing their own cannabis. The ban does not apply to those who are authorized to grow cannabis for medical purposes, but instead to those who wish to grow up to four cannabis plants at home, which is allowed under federal law. The Manitoba law, which has been in place since 2018, was being challenged by resident Jesse Lavoie, who argued the provincial ban was unconstitutional and an overreach of provincial authority. In their defense, the provincial government argued that the ban on growing cannabis at home was within the province's power in the name of protecting public health and safety. Doing so helps ensure that the black market doesn't profit from homegrown cannabis and helps to keep it out of the hands of young people, they contended. I have to put a sidebar in here. (laughs) What a pitiful statement. I'm sorry. (laughs) End of sidebar. Although the ruling was somewhat sympathetic to Lavoie's lawyer's arguments, Court of Queen's Bench Justice Shauna McCarthy sided with the arguments made by the government of Manitoba, saying that the penalties, while strict, were not overly punitive or a violation of the balance between provincial and federal jurisdiction. The province of Manitoba, she ruled, has the right to ban growing cannabis at home even if federal law allows people to grow up to four plants. One of Lavoie's lawyers in the case, Kirk Toussaint, says they plan to appeal the ruling. We intend on appealing this disappointing decision and continuing our fight for Manitobans to be able to exercise the same freedoms as other Canadians, said Toussaint. While we intend to appeal this decision, it's important to point out that Manitobans should not need to go to court to challenge bad laws. The government should change them. And we hope that the new NDP government revisits the poor policy choices of its predecessor. Lavoie agrees. We do not accept this decision, and we are preparing our counter-arguments for the Court of Appeal, he tells Strachan. No Manitoban should be threatened with one year in jail and a $100,000 fine for growing poor cannabis plants. That's all the motivation we need. See you in court, Manitoba government. And another sidebar. I didn't realize that was the penalties for growing the four plants. And she doesn't consider that to be punitive? (laughs) End of sidebar. In April of this year, the Supreme Court of Canada upheld a similar ban on homegrown cannabis in Quebec, ruling that the province has the authority to enforce such a ban, even in the face of federal rules allowing up to four plants per household. Quebec and Manitoba were the only two provinces to challenge that authority, banning homegrowing entirely, as did the territory of Nunavut. While Quebec's rules implement fines for those found growing cannabis, Manitoba's ban creates criminal penalties and a $2,540 fine for growing non-medical cannabis in a residence, as well as up to one year in prison and forfeiture of personal properties. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, I shouldn't have added my editorial comment to the story without saying it was a sidebar, but I could not resist. In their conclusion, the judge wrote in part, the applicant has failed to meet his onus of proving that Section 101.15 is in pith and substance criminal law rather than an area under provincial jurisdiction. Rather, I have found that the pith and substance, or the dominant purpose, of the prohibition against home cultivation in Manitoba is to support the provincial government scheme enacted to control and regulate the purchase, distribution, and sale of cannabis in a manner which is consistent with the public interest. The province's cannabis laws include the ban on growing cannabis at home or put in place by the previous Conservative government. 
Prior to the election, the Manitoba NDP has told at least one media outlet that they oppose the ban on growing cannabis at home. Stratcan reached out to the party for comment on the court's ruling, but they were not immediately available by press time. And that's still disappointing that the courts don't see a $100,000 fine and up to a year in jail for growing four plants is not punitive. (laughs) Good luck, Jesse. Good luck, Kirk. Hopefully that appeal will go through. And the NDP government that's now in Manitoba with Wab Canoe as the premier of Manitoba, hopefully they're going to reassess that and you'll be allowed to grow your four cannabis plants next year. We're with you. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to the corner. Go to the corner. Oh, yeah. On Cultivar Corner today, it's kind of a twofer. Uh, We're doing two things at once. (laughs) Of course, Cultivar Corner's first and foremost purpose is to determine whether or not a particular cannabis variety is going to get me high, or I'm going to get a buzz from it. And second, sometimes we deviate and talk about the devices we're using. And that's what today's Cultivar Corner is all about. You've heard me talk about vapes. 510 cartridges and PaxPods are the current technologies that are in the Canadian market. Um, PaxPods not as big as 510 cartridges are in terms of the quantity or the number of different options that are available. 510 is definitely the biggest. And there are people that don't have much success with 510s, and I would be one of those, with certain exceptions. I do not apparently get off on distillate. It just doesn't seem to work for me. Straight THC distillate without any of the other compounds, it just doesn't do me right, and I've suffered for that for from a number of years, suffered from that for a number of years. <laughs> so I told you there's 510s and there's PaxPods. That's the current technology available in Canada for vaping. General Admission would like to change that. They are bringing a technology that is apparently huge in the States, California and Florida, really big on. Blinker is a brand new proprietary pod system for smoking cannabis vape. Is it going to catch on? That's in Canada. uh, I'm not very good at predictions, but we'll talk about the device and about the effect and you can make your own mind. And you should be able to get a hold of one of these somewhere soon in Canada. So Blinker, let me give you the general admission pitch for Blinker. Meet the Blinker, the ultimate cannabis vaping experience by general admission. Built for the best Blinkers of your life. You'll be blowing clouds in no time. Portable potency in the palm of your hand. Big, bold flavors. Enjoy your favorite GA flavors with new hits added to the roster all the time. Smart pod technology. A perfectly tuned vape experience, each pod optimized for the best flavor and potency with none of the mess. Inhale activated convenience. Click in, blink out. Experience GA flavor in the blink of an eye. And a longer lasting battery life, apparently. How many puffs does it take to get to the end of a blinker battery? One, two, nah. Like 150 or more. (laughs) The blinker, you get the, the device. You get a USB-C charging cable, which everybody seems to be moving to, and you get an instruction manual. I happen to get my hands on one of the blinkers, and it is loaded up with a tropical... I don't know where I got tropical from. (laughs) It's loaded up with tiger blood. 
a Tiger Blood Plod in the blinker. Now, the device itself, very simple, uh, very slim and slick. Uh, I'll put a link in, uh, to it, and you can check it out yourself. Uh, the pod just simply drops in. There's nothing, no turning, no screwing, or anything like that. Holds it fairly severely. One of the things that they were concerned about was apparently in packs, sometimes if you flick it really hard, the PAX pod will pop out, and which, of course, could cause lots of problems. I never had that problem myself, but apparently some did. And that's what the blinker, they have tried to design this so I can take this and flick it as hard as I can, and that pod is not going to come out. And so far, it seems to be correct. <laughs> so that's the device. Now, we've already talked about um, all of the botanical chirpings that General Admission is using in much of their product, certainly in their pre-rolls and in their vapes. Uh, if you look back to episode 104, you'll find that I did a cultivar corner on General Admission Peach Rings Infused Pre-Roll. Uh, if you want to listen to that episode, you can. Uh, it didn't go well because I spent a lot of time coughing, in my opinion, because of the botanical terpene. So I had to be really cautious when I'm smoking any of these products. So here I do have a tiger blood, again, full of lots of botanical terpenes. Let me give you the details on tiger blood. And I know I can get that. And tiger blood, a distillate indica. And now here I am again early in the morning doing my indica cultivar quarters. <laughs> I'm a bad boy sometimes. <laughs> so let's give you the lowdown on Tiger Blood, a distillate indica, THC at around 80, probably around 90%. Tiger Blood has one speed. Delicious. This banger is bringing berry, blood orange, and coconut to the party. Tiger Blood is a crown favorite you'll always enjoy winning. <laughs> All right, let's give it a try. Here is the blinker with a Tiger Blood pod inside of it. I've already tried it a couple of times, perhaps, but here's my first real taste of Tiger Blonde with the blinker from Gemlo Admission. That was a nice, easy pull. So on the device itself, the pod slips into the device, which has a bit of a window, so you can see directly into the pod. You can see how much oil is still left. I got a heck of a lot of oil still left on this guy, <laughs> which is nice. You don't have to figure that out. There's no switch on it. You just inhale. And when you inhale, there's a little green light on the front of the device that comes on to tell you that it's working. Now, because there's some botanical terpenes involved in these, I got to be really cautious and make sure I don't try to hold anything in. I have discovered that it's partly my fault. My toking technique, I guess, was learned improperly when I was <laughs> in my early years, and it's carried on through my adult years. I have a tendency when I bring in a toke to hold that in, in my lungs, perhaps. Not even, well, yeah, you shouldn't hold it in your lungs. <laughs> As I have discovered with the current thoughts that are out there, just inhale and then exhale. You don't need to hold anything in. There's enough of the transfer of the cannabinoids in that process. So I'm trying to do that today. Now that one, interestingly enough, I didn't get any flavor. And when I went back at it, there was a bit of a pop. And sure enough, the flavor came back. So I don't know whether that was a plug that occurred, but I can tell you that my throat is getting really close to coughing right now. 
and there it is. <coughs> I just have to stay away from the botanical terpenes. It's just me, it's not you. Now, am I getting a pause off of this? In note, don't keep anything in. I found it again harsh on my throat. Now that's probably the tiger blood, not the blinker. I would like to feel that effect if I was smoking their pre rolls or their five tens or whatever. So I won't I won't write that off to the blinker. And again, in my opinion, it's the all of the additional botanical terpenes that are being added for those fantastic flavors. Taste delicious. Gotta agree. The flavor is wonderful. But I still wonder if we're going to be reviewing that in a few years from now, what those botanical terpenes are doing to us. Okay, again, trying to just inhale and exhale immediately, not holding anything in my lungs. And so far, I'm not really feeding anything. <laughs> and we come down to the proverbial distillate. THC distillate. And I realized I lost my packaging for the Tiger Blood cart, so I don't have the details they spoke about on that. And let me be up front. I'm probably in the minority of the botanical terpenes issue. They are absolutely hugely popular. A lot of people love the flavor of the botanical terpenes, like Gary, listener of the podcast. I know he does. Just told me that the other day. So take my word with a couple grains of salt. <laughs> the botanical terpenes really hurt my throat, but they may not do anything to your throat. Everybody's a little bit different. Remember, it is a unique cannabis experience. Now, I have been away. I had to sit while my furnace was running for a little bit. And I've got a bit of a buzz now. It's, it's not super, super. <laughs> Don't have any happy eyes. But I do feel a bit of a buzz. So it wasn't totally worthless. The Blinker, the new proprietary pod that General Admission is bringing to the Canadian cannabis market. You should be able to get your hands on one soon at a retailer near you. The availability of pods is, as it is with the PAX pod system, the availability of the pods is going to be the deciding factor. And that will determine whether or not it's a success. So I guess we'll review this in a year from now and take a peek back on Cultivar Corner in 2024 when we hit October. And let's see how many new pods we've got that are in the blinker pod format. Interesting. That's the general admission blinker with tiger blood. Will it supersede the currently existing vape technology? I guess time will tell. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. Another thing I love about doing this podcast is when I hear from listeners and they share their sincere thoughts with me on facets of the industry. Absolutely love it. 
Now, we have previously heard Grace's cannabis story. She recently shared some thoughts about my August 23 segment on Health Canada's THC limits for edibles. Now, to give you a bit of a background, that was referring to Organigram, who had produced a product called Jolts. They were 10 milligrams per lozenge, and they were selling packages of up to 25 lozenges, 250 milligrams of THC. And Health Canada said, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, edibles are supposed to be 10 milligrams per package. That's where the dispute started. Now you'll understand Grace's comments. I have some thoughts about your August 23 segment on Health Canada's THC limits for edibles. I don't want either Organigram or Health Canada to win, as is. I want them to make labeling and packaging for edibles better. Health Canada may be trying too hard to control something they ultimately can't control, instead of accepting the need to educate consumers and change society. Liquor stores aren't forced to sell only one or two drink servings because too much alcohol can kill you. Instead, we got better at teaching people how to drink safely. Yes, there's still room to improve. Health Canada's current approach to packaging limits and labeling for edibles is confusing and unhelpful. As a consumer, I need to know the dosage for one piece and how many pieces are in the package. The more cannabinoids in the product, the more helpful my approach is. Each piece has 2 mg THC, 10 mg CBD, and 5 mg CBN. This way I can decide if this is the right product for me and how much to take, no matter how many pieces are in the package. The way edibles are labeled now, I often have to math out this information from the 10 mg limit, number of pieces, and cannabinoid ratio. What concerns me about a higher THC in package limit is that it might kill off my microdose options. Some of us are THC sensitive and need discrete 1 or 2 mg doses while in public or around cannabis-unfriendly people. Yes, I can and do chop up gummies into smaller pieces and sugar the gooey edges, but it's much more convenient to buy products with 1 mg to 2.5 mg THC pieces and put them in a pill case. If Health Canada's concern is to protect minors and new consumers, ultimately the 10 mg THC limit can't do that. We just buy and open more packages and waste more plastic. To protect adults, inform them how much and what they are taking and include a recommended dosage range for a cannabis newbie. To protect minors, teach adults to lock up their stash and teach kids not to eat treats with the cannabis stop sign on them. Somebody who's a parent can suggest kid-level reasons that kids might listen to. As for teens, nothing will stop a sufficiently determined teen except for a bad experience or them deciding the cannabis is uncool and boring instead of fun and rebellious. If they want to get into your stash badly enough, they'll teach themselves lockpicking off YouTube or find a hacksaw. Grace. Grace, those were some fabulous thoughts. I'm really glad you shared them and you expressed them so well. I really appreciate that and hopefully Health Canada will hear some of your message, although I don't think they're regular listeners. (laughs) But someone should point out to them. Now, I will comment on one section when you say it's much more convenient to buy products with 1 to 2.5 milligram THC pieces. They now have them. We have a couple of entries into the market that are individual pieces at one milligram of THC. And that is offering an opportunity for people now to get some CBD oil. They want to add a little THC to that. Well, they can do so in a rather precise manner with those little one milligram pieces. So thanks for your thoughts, Grace. I really appreciate you sharing them. And and thanks for being a listener of the podcast. From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And let me continue those thanks. Thank you for being a listener. I really appreciate the fact that you are here. And I also want to thank my supporters, Kevin and Jordana at buymeacoffee.com slash cannabis podcast. If you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, you can go there too and buy me a doobie if you want. And thanks to my patrons at Patreon. 
Tony and Roger, plus Robin, Justin, and Cage, enjoying ad-free episodes. You'll find the links at CannabisPodcast.com, or you can get them on the show page at the very top right. That's it for episode 135 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis-Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.